Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Almond, and joining me is my co-host, Alex Lapp. Alex! What's up, man? Not too much, Mike. And uh, honestly, our cup overfloweth. This yeah! Is, uh, this is a heck of a set review that we're about to do here. I, 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 I feel like we've got some very devoted listeners, but I, I, I see a set like this, and then I'm like, man, are, are there just people listening that I just don't know about? Because holy cow, I feel like they're hearing us. Um, Which is funny, Alex, because this they, is probably, fun. they made this set probably before we even recorded hey. our first episode. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Because what is it, like two and a half years or something it's, like it's that something that they usually say? There. I don't, I don't yeah. know their actual turnaround time, but right. I mean, it's... They weren't listening to us asking for more political cards in the past year yeah, so, or two. Right. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, normally when we do a set review, talking about the cards that we like as the social contract, cards that encourage a lot of game within the game kind of mechanics, whether that's group hug, group slug, chaos, stack, things that we're doing a lot of interacting with just not just the actual battlefield itself, but with the players. Um, normally when we get a set review like that, we're talking somewhere between like 12 and 25 cards or something like that. Yeah. Uh, this one, we've got a list of 50. Mm. So this is your forewarning, everybody. This is either going to be a very long episode or it's going to be two episodes. It's probably either way. Two at some, yeah. Not, yeah, probably. Yeah. Because you and I, I am like, I've already put aside 10 minutes for one card that I'm just going to. I'm yeah, I don't know who wants to listen to a three-hour set review when they could listen to two two-hour set reviews. I mean, which that's is probably close to what it's going to end up being here. Yeah, it's this one is this one. They're strapping. You know what? Let's stop talking about the things mm. that are going to happen and mm. let's start talking about the actual thing happening. So, this is Commander Legends two in Baldur's Gate, kind of. What's going on here? I'm 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 out of the loop. Help me out with this set. Uh, I mean, what do you mean, Mike? What do you What do you want from me? I I where are we? How is this happening? Why do we have fifty cards that we're going to talk about? Because I'm excited, but yeah, I'm confused. It's, it's probably the just the flavor of the set, right? Because New Capena uh-huh. is this uh, sort of what would you call it? Art Deco, old Hollywood, Golden Age. Okay. Monsters wheeling and dealing style set from, uh, you know, I think it's set in a parallel 1920s, 1930s kind of area in America. And uh, okay. they're really heavily leaning into the uh, organized crime city life aspect. Yeah. And uh, apparently that means politics and lots of them. Lots of, lots of uh, you know, new guild names. Uh, yeah, three colors. Commanders, com- yeah, three colors coming out uh, with the with those. It's it's pretty exciting. Um, and without further ado, I, we start with Wooberg. Why don't we start with White here? Mm-hmm. And why don't why don't you go ahead and give me our first card? Sure, my first card here is a damning verdict, mm-hmm. which is a three white white five mana for a sorcery. Destroy all creatures with no counters on them. Uh, this is your pretty bog standard whiteboard white. Um, yeah, we. We have seen this kind of thing before. We hit all non-tokens. We can hit uh, creatures above or below a certain power. White has uh, a large amount of board wipes of many different kinds, so this makes perfect sense. If you're running a, a counters deck, plus one, plus one, minus one, minus one, ability counters, uh, 
anything like that infects experience um pretty much anything that involves counters on creatures you're going to gain huge asymmetric advantage on this um I mean, I don't know what else really there is to say about it. Five mana is the typical cost for mm-hmm. a normal board wipe. So uh, this is, I think this is pretty well priced for a board wipe with uh, asymmetric upside, really. Yeah, I I, I dig. I, I'm totally fine with white being the board wipe color. I'm also, yeah, I'm also pretty into the idea of, hey, instead of just printing more four mana board wipes and five mana board wipes that say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Let's make some that go to different effects. Like white is a very good plus one, plus one counters deck. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that synergize with it. There's a lot of cool things that you can just, hey, I'm going to run this board wipe and then it's good for me as opposed to just wrath of God everything, right? And yeah. it's 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 a neat thing to be able to do that. And I'm kind of excited to see where they go in the future with more symmetrical board wipes that you can turn asymmetrical but you're right this is a symmetric board wipe but the design is that you would put it in your counters deck so it becomes asymmetric. Right. you break that parity through your deck design so let's talk about another board wipe yeah. here that's a little bit different uh depopulate two generic white white so a four mana sorcery that says each player who controls a multicolored creature draws a card then destroy all creatures so again another symmetrical board wipe that you're going to be able to take a little bit more advantage of, but now we're also into that four mana uh, cost for a, you know, a sweeper and not bad. Yeah. I, I, uh, I like this because this is a very bog standard whiteboard wipe with mm-hmm. that very minor um, group hug upside that, that we like to see, right? Um, this yeah. isn't necessarily something that's going to make uh, any, help you make any deals or help save no. your board or anything like that. But you know what it does is like, hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to replace this card. It's going to cantrip. Obviously, you're mm-hmm. casting this in a, in a deck that runs multicolored creatures. And then yeah. uh, maybe, you're, <clears throat> maybe your opponents have their commander out or another multicolored creature. They they draw a card off of it. It's uh, it's one of those things where it stings, but you know we're going to put a nice bandage on it. We're going to kiss the kiss right. it, make it all better. It's that kind of... Uh, that kind of minor give you a little something back, a little refund. Sure. I think that we we appreciate that kind of effect. We're going to see it more often. 100%. And I think I like that a lot as far as a multicolored uh, effect in a mono white card, specifically sure. because I don't run a, a lot of, you know, I haven't built a whole lot of mono white decks in my day. But white is one of those colors that I splash in a lot yes. for my for my decks. It's it's a very good uh, synergy and and facilitate color even if it's not something that i'm using as the primary more times than not we're getting so many interesting and cool white effects that at some point i am gonna have to find a white commander that i like here but Mm -hmm. uh, in the meantime if i ever build that deck i'm gonna have to put in a win con and what better win con is this than uh yeah halo fountain look at this thing it's two and a white you probably saw this one yeah, uh, three mana for an artifact. It has three activated abilities. First one is white and tap and untap a tap creature you control. Create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token. It's fine. That's decent value. You can do that once sure. you turn churn out that value. Uh, then we have two white. That's white, white, tap and untap two tap creatures you control uh, and draw a card. 
Now, uh, again, this this language is a little bit out there, right? You usually don't have a cost that requires you to untap a tapped creature. That's what's happening. You have to have tapped creatures, and you pay by untapping them. And then the final ability, the big one here, is white, 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 white. That's five white mana, tap, Mm -hmm. and untap. Fifteen untapped creatures you control. You win the game. What a crazy ability. Mike, does this just go in... Every white token deck? I mean, how do you feel about this thing? I mean, it, first of all, yeah. Because it, it goes into every white token deck. It goes into every white aggressive deck yeah. I think you can make. Because it's giving you the benefit of paying mana to untap creatures. And getting something out of it. Is this just like, Amara's best friend ever? I, I liter- So that was the first deck that I played with you at. Yes. Like, Amara was the first deck that I made, and I took it apart after a certain point because it, it got to – it didn't have tutor effects in it, but it got into this, oh, this is the rhythm, this is what the deck does, and it yeah. got very repetitive. But that was like three, four years ago, five years ago maybe at this point. And I'm sitting here looking at Halo Fountain and enough stuff that's come out since then. I'm like, I kind of want to build that deck again, which means this is a deck that's – this is a card that makes me want to build a deck because the idea of getting value out of untapping things, that's pretty cool. This is nuts, Mike. Like, I'm thinking about this in maybe a white token deck, and then maybe you have uh, either you've got artifacts, creature tokens, uh, maybe you got some mirror, or maybe you have uh, some other effect marked to the machines. I don't know. Maybe you've got mm-hmm. a lot of artifact creature tokens, and then you combine... Halo Fountain with Clock of Omens. And now you're tapping down all your creatures. Uh, maybe you've got some value on that, like uh, Cryptolith Rite or something. So sure. you're tapping them all down for mana or whatever. And then uh, you're using Halo Fountain to untap them all. And then mm-hmm. with Clock of Omens, you can untap. You know, this is getting complicated already, but I'm just seeing yeah. like the fact that this has the cost of untapping the creatures means that when you're tapping stuff down for value, that's priming you're you to gaining take value this. out of it. If you have yeah. Halo Fountain and Unwinding Clock or some other effect that's untapping your stuff, this is just going to churn out value every single turn. It, again, it feels like a two-card infinite combo of something it's fairly easy. And at the same time, I don't mind it. Normally, I get a little bit concerned about infinite combos. I don't run a whole lot of them if I can help it, because then it's, I mean, the, the best thing to do to win the game. This would take a few pieces. I don't know if this it. would be a two-card, right? Because even if it had one card, which it probably does, that makes this into mm-hmm. an engine, you would then need creatures. Right. There, it's, it's yes, it's, it's a, I'm thinking of it as two specific pieces sure. and then yeah, something yeah. else on the stage. This so, yeah, is, that uh, makes this sense. This is exciting. I think that that white token decks are fun because white's good at tokens, although so is mm-hmm. every other color. And I love uh, things that sit on the board and just give you minor incremental value. You know, that's why I'm always surprised when people are like, well, Phyrexian Arena doesn't give enough value or Bitter Blossom doesn't give enough value. It's like, hey, you know what? It's turning out a little bit of value every turn and no one's afraid of it. This is right. that, but also people are afraid of it. So that's the last aspect, Mike. This is an alternate yeah. win con. Do you think that the fact 
that it threatens to win the game if your board gets too big, makes this draw removal, and is thereby not as desirable to run? Like, how do you feel about that part of it? So here's the thing. Does it draw removal? Yeah. That it's good. Because <laughs> it's good. But it doesn't draw removal necessarily the second that it's – it's not remove on site. Yeah, people will be watching your board very carefully. Let's let's say – okay. Let's say Halo Fountain doesn't have the last ability. It doesn't have the Does five white tap it. Worse? Well, here's my point. If it's even a question, it's a really good card. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, if it was just the first thing – it would be able to fit into a good amount of deck. Sure. The fact that it is white card draw, because it can be, and you can get yes. value off of it at the same time, also means that it's very good. The last part is it's almost like winning with approach from the second son of the second son, or you know what I'm talking about. Uh, a card where if you cast it, great, gain life. If you cast it from your hand, put it back into your deck. Uh, seventh from the top, I think it is. Uh, and yes. then. Yeah. And then if you cast it again from your hand, you win the game. Yeah, I mean, the this is another – is, is right. Good. The token decks can just generate tokens so right. freely. It's easy to make right. a lot of tokens. This is this is a card without me making Amara. There are three decks I want to put this into, and two of them are token decks. The other one is just untapped shenanigans that I want to put this into Yeah, because I love the idea of – all right, great. I'm going to just pay two mana, untap two things, and draw a card every turn. That's great. This is just um, – uh, it's it's so good. And mm-hmm. you're right. I think that this is if – you're, if you're concerned that it's so good that it will draw removal, then it's probably good enough to run. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's a good rule of thumb. If yeah. this is something that – if somebody else cast this – how aware of it am I and how much am I paying attention to Oh, I'm to very it? aware of A it. A lot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there you go. Cool card. Good job. Uh, let's talk about um, <laughs> let's talk about a card that says stop it. Um, but in kind of a weird way. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's interesting pacifism as far as I'm concerned. Uh hold for ransom. One and a white for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature can't attack or block and has Seven generic, hold for ransom's controller, sacrifices it, and draws a card. Activate only as a sorcery. That is a really, really high cost. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it seems to me at that point you'd uh, you'd be struggling for uh, – you'd almost want to find a way to sacrifice your creature rather than pay that because that's your whole turn. Easy. Um, and it might be more than your whole turn. You cast this on right. turn two, turn three. But this reminds me of another card that we got. Uh, was it in Modern Horizons? It was another one where it enchants a commander or prevents a commander from being cast, and then they can pay. Help me out here. I I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I mean we've seen this effect in white. And this is another version of it. Like, you know, you have your pacifism where it can't attack or block. You have the one that recently came out where it turns a creature into a vehicle, essentially. Uh, I, I like to call them the the bad Darksteel mutation uh, kind of effects because that's, that's the best version of this card. But it's not a bad thing to have a lot of these. And the idea... I love that this is here for us because hey, there's some nope, we're gonna we're gonna shut that thing down. But 
If you pay seven mana, you can sacrifice it, but you get to draw a card, so it's okay. <laughs> there is, like, the littlest of cherries on top. Right, I think the main <laughs> downside of this effect is not the fact that your opponent can remove it. I think that's actually a mm-hmm. good part of it. Oh, for sure. Because then that tempts them to waste an entire turn to do that, which is right. really negative value for them. I think the weakest part of this effect is that it doesn't lock down the abilities or yeah. it doesn't remove the abilities from the card. So that's something you exactly. really have to pay attention to, especially on a lot of modern commanders, is attacking and blocking is important, and that does stop them from easily getting rid of this enchantment. But it's not doing the thing that stops the commander from its big scary stuff usually. Right. I don't I don't hate the whole Okay. Weird question. I cast this onto an it that betrays. So it can't attack or block. Yeah. Cool. They pay seven. They sacrifice the it that betrays, but it's when an opponent sacrifices something. It, you you get it as the controller of it that betrays. This is actually something that makes me very excited. Then I all I want to do in my life with this card now is cast on an it that betrays and just be like, how does it feel? <laughs> you don't get to do it now. You don't get to do your mean it that betrays attack. Which is the funny but thing if because ca- if if they do pay the seven, then huh? they the they will have you sacrifice hold for ransom. And then your opponent will gain control of Hold for Ransom yeah. and can use it to enchant anything on the board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, including it's, things it's, that are hexproof, incidentally. Yeah, it's stupid, but I, I, I kind of dig it. Um, let's let's move into another one here. Why don't you talk to me about uh, Jailbreak? Yeah, this one is really interesting. I want to talk about this. This is one in a white, two mana for a sorcery, Jailbreak. Return target permanent card in an opponent's graveyard to the battlefield under their control. When that permanent enters the battlefield, return up to one target permanent card with equal or lesser mana value from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, This is definitely not the first time we've seen this kind of effect in the game or in white, but this is a really aggressive cost, Mike, for this effect. Um, What is this reminding me of? Uh, the, there's a green snake. It's a Death Adder or something like that. Okay. Skullwinder. That's the one. Uh, Skullwinder's two and a green for a creature snake with Death Touch. And uh, when Skullwinder enters the battlefield, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Then choose an opponent. That player returns a card from their graveyard to their hand. So that's to hand. Um, mm-hmm. This is to battlefield. I think that the that wasn't really... What I was thinking of, I think what I was thinking of was, uh, is that Dawnbringer? That's the one. Dawnbreak Reclaimer. Uh, Dawnbreak Reclaimer is four white white. That's way more. Six mana for a creature angel. Five five with flying. Uh At the beginning of your end step, choose a creature card in an opponent's graveyard. Then that player chooses a creature card in your graveyard. You may return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control. Now that's a little bit of a different dynamic. And also, you can't. Uh, hmm. It's it's not giving you that repeated effect. First of all, right? I think that's part of why it's right. so expensive is the is the body. So this is yeah. way cheaper at sorcery speed. And also, you're choosing what you bring back as long yeah. as the mana value is equal or less. Right. This My, is I, this is just. <laughs> 
It's a cool card. This is this awesome. Is, this is this is a really cool yeah. card because the other part of it is it, in white. A lot of the more powerful stuff that you want to get out of there isn't always like hyper aggressive cost. You know, whether it's your stacks pieces that are a little bit smaller, whether it's getting a Revelark or something in there, or you can just get the extra benefits out of it. Like, yeah, I, I like this as a two mana. Hey, something's going to get something supposedly better based off mana cost. But the the idea that this is something where you have the full control, you get to say what it's going to be. Yeah. For both targets. It's pretty cool. You know where like this, this would be really impactful is uh, right after a board wipe. Yeah. 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 Hey, don't counter this. And I'll get you your coolest thing back. Stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, this I, is really I, I like easy to cut deals with. I like this one. The two mana, very nice. Two mana, return two cards. One of them has to be less than yours. Cool. Not a problem with that at all. Um, I, I'm excited to go back to this. Because it's always a theme that I really, really like. Uh, let's talk about Master of Ceremonies. Oh, my God. Three generic and a white for a 3-4 Rhino Druid, which yes. loving loving that. Absolutely. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent chooses money, friends, or secrets. <laughs> There's three <laughs> options now. For each player who chose money, you and that player each create a treasure token. For each player who chose friends, you and that player each create a 1-1 green and white citizen creature token for each player who chose secrets you and that player each draw a card perfect in the worst case scenario this is a second main four mana three four that makes you three one ones like i don't know there is the worst case scenario here is it gets removed before your upkeep i guess this is just the exact kind of churning value. Like, I love to see this. I love this card. Yeah, it, I think the only limitation here is, right, you got to play it on your main phase, and then you have to wait a whole turn for it to start happening. And if a board wipe happens, then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really like this. I like the way that the players get to choose. I like that the way that yep. you get kickbacks on everything that they choose Everyone can get what they want. You're turning mm-hmm. that just it's really tiny value. But everybody loves those little gifts. You're starting your turn off on this really positive, benevolent notes. Um, I mean Mike, I love it, I love this rhino. It's again, worst case, you're absolutely right. It doesn't it doesn't get to resolve the uh it doesn't get to resolve until your turn because it's upkeep. And I I I I don't I don't think I misspoke. I read it, but I think I miss misread it after in my brain um but okay beginning of your upkeep comes back to your turn what is like i don't know if i see this on somebody else's board i don't know what the worst case scenario would be <laughs> worst case scenario this is for a cool card. you if your opponent's running it yeah because i don't i don't know what you i want to want i mean what's the worst case i scenario? know yeah i don't know if i, I don't I, I love cards like this though where it's a, ah, uh, I don't, I mean, if you're running that, there's a good chance they're going to be taking advantage of tokens. This is the Maybe kind of not. effect that makes me want to make a white deck so I can run this in mm-hmm. it. Yep. Absolutely. It, uh, Master of Ceremonies is really cool. We like it. Also, he, the, the rhino has a ring on its horn, and I can't decide if that's a ring or if it's a bracelet 
or if it's a necklace. I don't really know what a horn accessory would be It looks like a ring. Wise. Okay, cool. Then there you go. Either way, big fan. Um, next card here, Skyboon Evangelist. Four and a white for a bird advisor, three through with flying. When Skyboon Evangelist enters the battlefield, support six. That's put a plus one, plus one crowner on each of up to six other target creatures. Uh, whenever a creature with a counter on it attacks one of your opponents, that creature gains flying until end of turn. Talk to me about this one, Alex. Yeah, this is nice. Um, first thing that I want to point out is support is uh, from an older set, right? I think that's uh, – is that from Battle Bond? Forget oh, I, I couldn't from. tell you. But uh, a lot of cards in New Capena are – it's almost like a – modern horizons or modern masters thing where it's like only one card will have that mechanic and they're just kind of bringing it back as a as a callback so i think this is the only card in the set with support on it um but what's really nice about that is it's not just buffing your whole team it gives you a reason to put counters on your opponent's creatures Mm -hmm. which will then encourage them to attack in because now they have evasion and obviously, yeah. I think that this won't necessarily work wonders by itself. I think this is part of a larger goad slash encouraging or forcing combat style deck. And I think in that sure. deck, it'll fit right in. I mean, that and the it is a if somebody else is playing, I mean, it's 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 magic. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe somebody isn't playing a whole lot of, you know, uh, plus one plus one counters in their deck. Right. But. Most people have a creature that has some kind of counters to it. Sure. Just, it just happens. This is one little thing. Yeah, it's incentivizing attacking your opponents, which is great. But it's also de-incentivizing attacking you. You've got a 3-3 flyer. Great. Yeah. You can attack me. I'll be able to block it. But don't you want to be able to get through to somebody else? Skybone Evangelist is an interesting card. Five mana is a bit more than I'm happy with. That's the interesting but, thing, right? Is because it's a creature with an ETB, you yeah. can blink or reanimate it, and you'll keep getting mm-hmm. that enormous ETB value where you're spreading all these counters around. I it, It's one of those, it, it's more mana than I'd like, but if it was less, I think you could really, really abuse it, right. especially, especially in a token deck. And right. It's just... Hey, five mana. Like I said, I, put a plus one plus one counter on six of your soldiers. By I think the way, they fly bit, whenever they attack. Now. It's a bit anemic alone. This is definitely a uh-huh. piece in a larger, and it's a cool strategy. piece. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. Uh, why don't you talk to me about our next card here? Wow, uh, this is. <laughs> There's two. I'm coming up here that I'm interested yeah. in both here. I'm really excited. Uh, Smuggler share is the first one here. Yeah, it's two and a white, three mana for an enchantment. At the beginning of each end step, draw a card for each opponent who drew two or more cards this turn, then create a treasure token for each opponent who had two or more lands enter the battlefield under their control this turn. Now, I think a lot of people, Mike, they look at this card and they're like, oh, this is just like, uh, what's, uh, I already. It's a good balance card. Yeah. What's what's, what's the name of that? Um. The one where uh, you was a draw a card when your opponent casts the second spell on each of their turns. Oh, there's Mangara, but there's a, like an actual card for it. Yeah, to is a regular creature. There, yeah, there are some effects like okay, this. Okay, so there are effects like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, why I wanted to talk about this one because this is not necessarily a political group hug. 
uh, no. stacks any of that card. What this does is it synergizes with the exact kind of cards and decks that we like to play, right? Mm-hmm. We want to run effects in our decks that force opponents to draw more cards, that force sure. opponents to ramp lands onto the battlefield. Um, this is just stuff that we're already doing. And with this card, we're like, oh, even if nobody is drawing a bunch of cards or ramping a bunch of lands, we're going to make that happen, and then we're going to get rewards back right. from that. This is just... Well, I love this card. And here's the thing. I, You and I love this card because it, it synergizes with a lot of our, our play style. It, hey, but everybody give loves a this lot card. Of, we're going to give a lot of value. It's going to be really good because we're going to get extra value off the value we're giving. That's kind of the whole thing of what we like to do. But... This is a three-mana enchantment that says, hey, the things that people want to do in Magic, Mm -hmm. draw extra cards, play extra lands, and ramp, you're going to benefit off of that. As it stands, even if you played this in a regular, you know, not necessarily a group hug kind of deck. It's still going to proc. It's still going to do something. You know, and uh, unless everybody's playing fair Magic. Guess what? Right. If everybody's playing fair Magic, cool. That works for you. Um, A lot of people are are hot on this card. I think that what pushes it over the top for us is that we can make this. It's extra. Yeah, Yeah. we we, not not we can. That's kind of what we're setting out to do. Exactly. That's why we make our decks. I I I dig this card a lot. Uh, It's a it's a cool thing. Also, uh, we would be very remiss to say it's you know oh smugglers share and it's a bunch of raccoon bandits. It's very exciting. I think they're looting Halo out of a cask. I guess so. Like e- either way, big They're big fan. It. Yeah, big fan. One way or another, everyone gets paid what they're owed. Love it. Um, let's. Th- I I think we're gonna try something new in this one. Okay. Because we're gonna talk about so many cards. Normally, we go at the end and then we say, "What's your favorite card in the set? What do you think?" Say, is- "What's your favorite card of each color." I think that's what we're going to go with, Uh, because this one, I'm not sure if it's my favorite card, but if it's not, it's my second favorite. I mean, this Uh, is... It's just fun. Oh, my God. It's it's great. Uh, Tenuous Truce, one in a white, enchantment aura, enchant opponent. At the beginning of enchanted opponent's end step, you and that player each draw a card. When you attack enchanted opponent or a planeswalker they control, or when they attack you or a planeswalker you control, sacrifice Tenuous Truce. Mike, this is it's this like, is awesome. It's like they've reached into my brain and pulled a card out. <laughs> yeah, this is it's this two is great. Mana. It's two. It's two mana, and you have basically a political deal codified onto the card, which mm-hmm. is so cool. I I even love the fact that it's at their end step, right? Because because a. If we're going super game theory about it, right? Yeah. It is better for you to get a card at somebody's end step and then you start your turn than for you to get a card at your end step. Well, it's not just that. They can't get, get value and, they and then immediately. And without attacking right. you. exactly. They have to, they they have have to honor to the wait. truce. Exactly. And think about it. The only time, the only time I can see somebody attacking you that you cast this on is if you are the biggest threat. Mm-hmm. And you have to be the biggest threat by a lot because 
Otherwise, the the other opponents or the table are going to be attacking you. Right. There are going to be lots of reasons for this player to just be like, you know what? Go ahead. Cool. I'm going to get my extra card. As it's long as as long as your tenuous truce remains in effect, this is just a better Phyrexian arena. Yeah. For less mana yeah. in white. Yeah, because it is a it is a don't hurt me. It 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 costs less. And again, a lot of people Why would are going to look at it and say, "Oh, you know what? I don't, I don't like, I don't like you getting value to your opponents." <laughs> that, there's so much value in this card, in a bunch of different ways that it actually says so on the card, and then a bunch of different ways in just the player to player relation where you go, "Hey, I think that you and I should just be chill." You know, you can cast this yeah. and then figure out who you're going to cast it on as everybody's looking at it on the table. All right, I'm going to do this. Who who doesn't want to attack me and get some cards? Hmm. Great. You know, I I like this card a lot and it's really simple. But that's kind of the beauty in it. Hey, don't attack me. I won't attack you. We each get a card every turn. Well, we each get a card at your end step. But right. you know what I'm saying? Every every round. I really, really like specifically how it is the deal on the card, right? Like, yeah. you could make a separate deal like, okay, well, if you don't remove this, then we'll keep this up. But this is like right. a lot of deals involve not attacking with something big or mean or uh, swinging out and killing somebody first. Um Goodness gracious, Mike. I mean, it's what could you it's possibly cool even say about this card? It's churning out that just a little bit of value every turn. No one wants to touch it. Your opponent probably doesn't want to break the truce until, like you said, uh, you get either completely out of control or they do, which, I mean, the way to break the truce is right there on the card. You don't have to find a way to sacrifice it or remove it. Right. You can force it to be removed, which is just so cool. Um, Mike, I'm worried if I built a white deck, it would just be crammed full of new capital white cards. I mean, that's fine though, right? Just make a new capital white and all of the weird white alternate win conditions deck. This is just so cool. All right, Mike, I honestly think that you would have a fun time with it. What's your favorite white card of this set so far? <sighs> so so hard to choose. And I I I. You say that. I've got it down to two, and okay. I've got it down to two by a lot. Uh-huh. Like, Halo Fountain is really cool. I really like it. But I I really, it's Tenuous Truce or Master of Ceremonies, and Honestly, I think I like Master of Ceremonies more. Master of Ceremonies is a really, really nice one. Um, I like it just, I, I like, you know what, I'm going to give it to Master of Ceremonies just yeah. because Tenuous Truce is really good. But it's you and one other person. Let's just say, whereas Master Ceremonies, Ceremonies everybody were a legendary creature, I would probably it'd be a commander immediately. Immediately, absolutely. Hundred percent. Uh, if you've got, if you, if you're in a play group where you can uh, make a non-legendary <laughs> creature your commander, that's like, can I find uh, a I, I white commander this one. He's fun. that's as fun as Master of Ceremonies effect is? It's very cool. Uh, so that's going to do white. Uh, let's move on to blue yeah. here, and. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't looked at all of the cards that we've got, but you and it know doesn't this one matter. Was in there. This one is my favorite okay. one. I don't know why it wouldn't be this one. An offer you can't refuse. 
The flavor is already there. It's blue mana. Blue. Blue. Instant. Counter target non-creature spell. Its controller creates two treasure tokens. Dude, somebody say Swan Song 2.0. Okay. Yeah, I was going to. I like that you phrased it that way because I think this is better. Yeah. I really do. It. It hits, it hits something more that things sw- than Swan Song does. It hits more things than Swan Swan, Swan Song does. Yeah. It I have it, I like the idea of I'm going to give you extra tokens. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to give you extra treasure tokens. A bird, cool. This is close like, I to get that, uh, to like Arcane oh, Nile. Like it's it's right there in that. Yeah. We we're talking about this with uh, the first whiteboard web we talked about that uh yeah, I'm doing a thing to you, but I'm going to give you a little something back and Honestly, I think that that stings less than mm-hmm. just a hard counter, and I'm fine with that because this costs half the mana of a normal counter spell. Right. Yeah. And the okay, the main reason that I love it, I, everything else, it, it's Swan Song 2.0. I I know a bunch of people it gives my opponents value that it's. It get, it's better value to give uh, two tokens than, than or I, I would rather have two treasure tokens than a bird. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's an uncommon. Yeah, it's an uncommon. It's an uncommon that's already at over like a dollar. It's like at a dollar fifty, I think already. Well, the set's not out out yet, is it? It's not, yeah, it's not in full release. So yeah, but, I think that f- this will be under a dollar. Yeah, and how much is Swan Song? Oh, like fifteen dollars. Right. Yeah. So this is this is a holy cow. I can run this yeah. in a lot of decks without breaking the bank, and it's a one mana counter spell. One mana counter magic, like just holding up a single blue mana. Number one, you're only holding up one blue mana, which means you were able to cast more things. You were mm-hmm. able to do more with the lands and, and resources you had. Number two, who the heck is waiting? And looking at your board and seeing you have one untapped blue man, and they're like, dang, he I mean, probably has a swan song or an offer you can. Right, exactly. Nobody. Nobody. They're looking it, for it, the two blue CDH, yeah. maybe that's what you're looking for. And even then, ugh. And the part I like about it, and, and my biggest argument for this being a really, really good card, outside of all of that, oh, you're going to give somebody two treasure tokens. Oh, you're going to ramp them. Well, you're taking away a spell at the same time. How many but, spells are you going to, how many how many spells are you going to counter that are going to be less than 2 mana? Only the ones that are going to win the game or devastate you. But I want so, my opponent to have two treasure tokens. And there's also that. <laughs> where, it's, <laughs> where it's hey, I feel really bad about wrecking this move that you've got, but you're going to be able to do something else cool later. This is a spell Look at that this gives extra my mana. treasure tokens and incidentally counters a spell. Yeah, <laughs> I I really like this. Uh, an offer so you good. can't refuse. Very good. Um, let's. I I hate to move on, but we need to move on. We have to uh, talk to me about even the score. Okay, yeah, uh, even the score. We've seen this mana cost and this effect before. Not quite like this. Blue, uh-huh. blue, blue, and X. Uh, recognize that from Blue Sun Zenith. It's an instant yep. that says draw X cards, but. This spell costs blue, blue, blue less to cast. If an opponent has drawn four or more cards this turn, Mike, this reminds me of uh, traps from uh, Wales. What, what's Zendikar, I think? 
I think uh, so. There was a, a set that had traps in it that made the spell cost like way, way less if an opponent sure. had done something that was just over the line. Uh, and this is definitely that. You draw four or more cards in one turn, you're probably uh, getting a lot of value off that. But Mike, this is the exact same scenario as uh, as that raccoon spell that we just talked about, Smuggler's Share, <laughs> the raccoon spell. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have to wait around for our opponents to decide to wheel or yeah. draw four. We can make that happen, plan our turn around it, and then spend one mana for each card all the way up. And yep. the really nice thing about that, right, is that normally this kind of effect, we talked about it before, when you pay three blue and X, or whatever you're paying, if it's like Brain Kaiser or two generic blue and X, um, mm-hmm. it's really bad to choose a low value for X because then it feels like you didn't get value out of the spell. If you're paying X equals two, now you're paying five mana for two cards. Eww, that feels bad. You don't want to do that. Right. You want to spend like x equals five and then it's eight mana for five cards which feels a little better but with this effect even if you choose x equals two you spent two mana for two cards yeah another another card where playing it in a regular deck you're still going to be able to use it more times than not for its reduced cost for me and you for people who are playing value for people who are group hug value things along those lines a card that is going to be used nonsensically. Does this just, <laughs> just replace a, Blue Sun Zenith and Group Hut decks? Uh, I don't I don't think it does for one reason, and that it's Blue Sun Zenith, I get to make somebody draw cards. Right, this target player me. draws decks. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. Blue Sun Zenith is also so, a win con. It is also right. a win con. Right. Or at least a player elimination con. Right. Um, but this is still it's really so nice. good. I, I, I like even the score a lot. Um Let's move on to Into Deep. Uh, blue, blue for an enchantment aura with split second. Love split second. Oh, yeah. Um, so as long as this spell is on the stack, players can't cast spells or activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. And you can enchant creature, planeswalker, or clue. Uh, Enchanted permanent is a colorless clue artifact with two. Sacrifice this artifact, draw a card, and loses all other abilities. It is no longer a creature or planeswalker. So is the reason that this says enchant creature, planeswalker, or clue because if you cast it onto a creature and then it turned into a clue, it can no longer be enchanted by this thing? Exactly. That's exactly okay. why. It's not just, because it wants you to hit a clue. It's because that yeah. when it becomes a clue, which it will immediately, you don't want the right. aura to then fall off. I mean, blue, blue for split second, no, it's not. Yeah. It's very good. This is Let, Now, we need to be careful because we haven't seen – too many split second cards that are actually mm-hmm. at sorcery speed have to be careful yeah. with that when people see split second they're like oh this is it's like an instant, instant speed, it's not no it's not <laughs> this is an aura you can cast it on your main phase when the stack is empty but mm-hmm. when you cast it nobody can respond to it the timing on it is really weird but Here's the weird thing to me, because where does this sit, Mike? I'm looking at this and I'm seeing something like Imprisoned in the Moon, right? Which is two and a blue for an aura Mm. that can hit a creature, planeswalker, or land, and it turns it into a colorless land. Um, Yes. I love that, right? Because number one, the card loses all abilities, just like this one, just great. Mm -hmm. But number two, they can't 
easily deal with this situation. Number one, they can't attack or block because it's not a creature anymore. But they also can't just get rid of it. Sacrificing a land isn't easy. Not everybody has spot removal on hand uh, mm-hmm. to to get rid of the aura. But in this one, it gives them an immediate out. So I think this is less appropriate for somebody's commander, right? Because then they'll just sacrifice their commander, cast it back out. I think sure. this is more for uh, something else, not a commander. This that's, is that's a little questionable. I think this is a, I'm going to cast this card. I'm going to target one of your things so I can kill you on my turn. This is, this is the, uh, cause this, what you do with this, as far as I'm concerned on your turn, cast this, they don't get to react to it. Yes. Great. That thing that was a problem, unless you have a way to remove it after the fact I have now removed this thing from being a problem. Okay, so you're going to cast this now, on the turn that you win. I think I think you're going to cast this to either win that turn or to have the ability to take out maybe you're casting this on the arch enemy and there's something that just needs to be removed and it's okay great. I'm going to turn that thing into But a would you not just spot remove it? If you've got spot removal, yeah. Right. But I, I think for me, it's more of the, I don't want to deal with a commander that has an obnoxious ability at instant speed. Great. Well, it's a clue now. It doesn't matter what you got. You know what I mean? It's, right. It's it's not something that you can rely on sitting there because people will absolutely pay the two to yeah. get rid of it if they believe that they can get their permanent back. Right. Um, I think... I will say, it, it, doing this to a Planeswalker feels really good. Right. Um, creature, Those like you said, if it's back. the... Right. If if you do it to a commander, yeah, they can recast yeah. it on their turn. I get it. But I, I, it's so weird. It feels like it's better with the split second, and it also feels narrower at the same time. But I do like the card. In Too Deep is pretty good. Definitely interesting effect. Uh, let's talk about Public Enemy here. Two generic and a blue, so a three-mana enchantment aura. Enchant creature. All creatures attack enchanted creature's controller, each combat if able. When enchanted creature dies, draw a card. This is pretty great. I like this card a lot. I misread it the first time, then I read it again, and I went, oh. 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 Yeah. Oh. So this this basically says. It's like a blue goad. It's blue goad. Yeah. But for everybody else, <laughs> right? Uh, okay, uh, all right. I'm gonna cast this, and everybody, if you can, we're attacking this person. Yeah, I think what you do for sure, you put this on their utility creature, the one that they really don't want to block yeah. with and lose. You don't put yeah, this on their you, beater. You put this on a seedborn muse or something. Exactly. <laughs> you put this the, on the something thing where that they like, are not going to put in front of a blocker. Right. I. This is a cool card, and. Uncommon three mana a lot enchanted of cards creature. In this set. Commons and uncommons, Mike. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're leaning in our direction yeah. where it's you don't have a lot of, you know, a, a, a big history of mythic and and rare. Yeah. Give lots of value to opponents' cards because. Well, this is not a not something that people this one lean is not into. A give value to opponents' cards. And, this is a right. This one is hey, fun interaction. Yeah. Everybody, get them. <laughs> Like, really, really nice. And a cantrips. Here, here's the other weird part about it, too. 
is hmm. Who do you think feels worse? The person that this is cast on or the people that then have no choice but to attack that person, if possible, with all of their creatures. That is the interesting thing, right, is with effects like this, you can kind of uh, push that en- enmity uh, from you who cast a spell on your turn. And now it's one right. or two turns later. And they're like, well, I got to attack you. It's like yeah. you're not thinking about Mike who casts a spell anymore. Now you're thinking about this guy who's going to swing into you for 30 damage. Right. And, and who's the next one? And who's right. the next You one? kind of fade into the background after this resolves and just sits there. It's like uh, Disrupticorum, except mm. has the potential to last even longer. I, I like it a lot in a Spellslinger kind of deck. Yeah. Like in a, in a I'm not going to run a lot of creatures, but you two are going to attack this guy. This I don't is also an interesting one. Like, right, if you put it on that Seedborn Muse, that valuable utility creature that they don't want to lose they have the opportunity to put it in front of a blocker and stop the madness right. they could do hard. it but will they choose to yeah yeah it, it's it's kind of interesting i do dig it very interesting um it, it's it's I, i'll find somewhere to play sure here, just because i like it um why don't you talk to me about our next yeah, card reservoir because it's racking it's a lot of words for a four-mana creature. I mean, it's blue, so there you go. A two-blue four-mana for a creature Kraken with Trample Ward 2 to 6-6. Six, six. Uh, ward 2 means that uh, any uh, spells or abilities your opponents control that target this creature are countered unless that player pays an additional two generic mana. And it mm-hmm. also has, at the beginning of each combat, if Reservoir Kraken is untapped... Any opponent may tap an untapped creature they control. If they do, tap Reservoir Kraken and create a 1-1 bluefish creature token with this creature can't be blocked. Now, Mike, the moment I saw this, I began thinking of those old Leviathan, the blue Mm -hmm. sea monsters of Magic's past that have really, really big bodies, huge mana costs, and huge downsides. And usually it's something like, oh, well, an opponent could like tap down some of their stuff and then... You tap down the the sea creature and it can attack. Sure. What's interesting about this is that it's a gambit now. It's not just a downside. Now it's like, okay, they can tap it down. I won't be able to swing in for a semi-hexproof 6-6 six, six with trample. Mm-hmm. But if they do that, I get a 1-1 one, one unblockable. Yeah. Maybe it- you could cut a deal that encourages an opponent to do that because you want the 1-1 one, one unblockable for, say, a ninja deck or something like that. Flying Men. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, it's not super powerful, and you may not necessarily be able to get people to be afraid of it enough that they would want to tap down their stuff to tap this down. But I think that there's definitely some play here. What do you think about this? I love that it's at the beginning of each combat, because A, if you have yeah. untapped sh- shenanigans, that's cool. Yeah. But. It also means that you have the ability to talk to people about like, hey, can you tap this and give me a 1-1? I'll right. soup it up or something and get into Like, listen, all these damaging. unblockables, they're not coming at you. Or that and just the idea of, like you said, this semi-hexproof, this Ward yeah. 2. This is expensive it, to get rid of. It's it's another, it's a 4-mana, it, it's a 4-mana, four 4-mana four 6-6 trample with Ward 2. Yeah. If, if people... 
don't have the ability to stop it, or if you are going to specifically attack somebody who doesn't have the ability to stop it. The mana rate I, for, for spot removal, one or two mana, well, now it's three or four, maybe even five mana to spot remove a single creature. People are going to mm-hmm. be like, oh, do I even want to do that? I mean, it's only making one ones. This is definitely an interesting. It's flying a little bit below the radar. It is making this value that could be really difficult to deal with later in the game. Or maybe mm-hmm. you just have an attack trigger and you swing it with a 1-1 unblockable and boom, you get whatever you wanted to get. I don't know, Mike. I think this is uh, kind of a dark horse. It's only going for 30 it's, cents right now. Yeah, it's interesting. I do. I, I, I like it. I don't know if it's... I like that it's like, a throwback to early magic. Yes, I do like that. I, I was thinking the Leviathan, the... Exactly. It, it, yeah. it's, it's huge. And like you were Your saying before, it's huge. To stop it from tap, it. Yeah. tap it down. If it attacks, you have to... Pick, it, it's yeah. either untap sack or... All your lands. If you attack, you have to sacrifice <laughs> a bunch of islands and stuff. It's, it's like, oh, no, this one, they can it's tap a creature like that, and they'll but, tap you know, it and give yeah. you something dope. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. Um, let's talk about another one um, that... I'm not sure how mean it is. But I know how mean it can be. Uh, shield Broker. Three blue blues. Five mana for a 3-4 Cephalid uh, uh, Advisor. When Shield Broker enters the battlefield, put a shield counter on target non-commander creature you don't control. You gain control of that creature for as long as it has a shield counter on it. Uh, shield counter, if it would be dealt damage or destroyed, remove a shield counter from it instead. Um... It doesn't say as long as Shield Broker is on the battlefield. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Is this that's almost gross. insists that you blink it. Yeah. It says, listen, I don't care. Like, as long as that thing has a shield counter on it, it's yours. So you blink me it's, over and over. Each time I ETB, I'm going to steal another creature. Like, this, it's is, messed up, this is dangerous. This is threatening. That's And the interesting thing is that when the shield counter is removed, for example, somebody does a board wipe, destroys shield broker, it's going to destroy all the shield counters, and then all those creatures come back under their owner's control. It's not right. the kind of thing where you steal it and then it goes back to the graveyard. This These creatures are likely to survive whatever's going to happen to the board and then come back to their owners. So mm-hmm. it has the potential to actually be less mean than most mind control effects. Right. It's it's less mean. There is a way to get it back. It's a different way than what I think most people would be used to. You know, oh, gotta destroy the creature that Yeah, you that spot remove your no, own creature. This is this is a guy who's signing a contract, he's buying you a sh- or he's selling you a shield. You're working for him as long as you got the shield. Yeah, there you okay. Go. It's an interesting, uh interesting little creature here. Uh why don't you talk to me about our next one? Yeah, yeah. Swindler's scheme. It's two and a blue for an enchantment, three mana. Whenever an opponent casts a spell from their hand, you may reveal the top card of your library. If it shares a card type with that spell, counter that spell, and that opponent may cast the revealed card without paying its mana cost? Mike, this is blue chaos. Yeah. Um, How about this? Yeah. So... (laughs) This is really going to mess with your opponent's ability to play their game. Yeah. What it what is the weird artifact that you cast a spell, but you cast it and you exile it, and then you cast one of the things that it's, was exiled? Uh, oh, I know the exact one you're talking about. Infinity pool. 
knowledge pool. No. Knowledge pool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I, I sorry. My 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 work life bled into my <laughs> magic life for a bit there. Um, yeah. So knowledge yeah. pool is a six mana artifact with imprint. When knowledge pool enters the battlefield, each player exiles the top three cards in their library. And then right. whenever a player casts a spell from their hand, that player exiles it. If that player does, they may cast a spell from among other cards exiled with knowledge pool without paying its mana cost. So basically, you put a card into the pile and you take one out. And the card that you cast isn't the one you get. Um, right. This is quite a bit like that, incidentally. Yeah. Well, it's it's a lot of those weird effects. Like this is uh, – it's that. It's Possibility Storm, but it's your deck. Uh, it's, it's a weird chaos warp effect. I like, I like the idea of this being a enchantment where it just says, Hey, all right, let's see if you are doing that. Let's roll the dice to see if you get that. Yeah. Do you want to do this instead? Let's, let's talk about the art briefly. (laughs) It's, it's this very MC Escher style drawing where it's a bunch of swords and then the swords are turning into fish, which is perfect because... They might be casting whatever it is, Swords to Plashers. Now it's Swords to Fish. They got whatever creature card from the top of your library sure. they ended up getting. It's and, very silly. Well, here's, but here's the thing. It's, it's it's If it shares a card type with that spell, exactly. right? So is this I'm, – I'm trying to figure out what this is. is. Did somebody cast – are these creatures that were, oh, we're going to make animated swords, and now it's, well, Maybe here's it's a, a fish. it's a wall of is blades it, or whatever that wall is. That could it be it. I fish. didn't – yeah. Sure. I didn't know if it was a, uh, you know, maybe it was washout uh-huh. that it got turned into or something. But either way, like, got turned I, into I like, wave. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a pretty cool card. This, I do this like is so chaotic skin. that, I mean, how many blue yeah. effects are like this? Very few. Well, here was here was my question for you. Like, we love, we like chaos, but we also like to build towards that chaos, right? Right. What kind of deck are you running that takes advantage of swindler's scheme yeah that's that's an interesting one i think that (laughs) you would run a deck that either is full of crap which would be really funny (laughs) right you keep forcing like oh my god is that a vanilla one one creature why do Mm -hmm. i want that what the hell or alternatively you run this uh very broad appeal good stuff style deck so that no matter what your opponent gets it's going to be fun it's going to work for whatever kind of deck they have and right. it's always just this wacky stuff this reminds me of uh you know it's a little bit like uh the chaos warp effect like uh your uh Vivictus deck where it's like yeah. okay we're going to remove that but let's see what you get like this is right. very fun chaos yeah it's 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 fun chaos but it's a it's it's almost on the opposite side of it where with Vivictus or Atali or all those other things where it's like I'm gonna try and get cool value. I'm gonna try and get extra stuff. Yeah. This is one where you're specifically saying, hey, there is a one in whatever chance that whatever you're casting is just gonna be countered. Right? I also hope that whatever you get off of that isn't too good. <laughs> So it's a lot of, like I could see a lot yeah. of top deck manipulation. I think and another stuff like thing that. you want to do is is a lot of uh, spells that have multiple card types. You're running yeah. the enchantment creatures, artifact creatures, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm that planeswalker that's also a creature. 
I, I do love the idea of just like swindler scheme and have it out there and just on your turn having some kind of brainstorm effect where it's like, all right, yeah. I'm going to put this instant on the top of my deck every single time I can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whenever an but, opponent casts a spell, you just uh, break out the scroll rack and be like, eh, you're going to get this one. Yep. Don't leave it's, it to chance. It's so weird. Um, let's move on to our last one here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's my favorite text. This is probably I don't know if it's my favorite the card. wackiest common in the whole set. I like People it are a all lot. Uh, witness protection. Blue for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a green-white citizen creature with base power one... Uh, base power and toughness, 1-1, one, one, named Legitimate Business Person. It loses all other colors, card types, creature types, and names. I love Legitimate yeah. Business legitimate Person. Legitimate Business Person is so good. <laughs> That's so good. It was on the uh, Magic subreddit, New Cap and a Bingo card. That they're like, is there going to be a card with Legitimate Business on it in quotes? And mm-hmm. yes, yes, it was. Um, I love this so much, Mike. I think I love this more than I love In Too Deep. Oh, I, I definitely This do. does not allow my opponent to easily get rid of this Lignify effect. Right. Yeah. It, it, the, I mean, it's a 1-1 creature. There's lots it's of ways to kill 1-1. One one creature. It's a However, it's, it's a one-mana common. Mike, um, is this just the best... Lignify effect in the game? Ooh. Okay, Man. here's the next question, right? It, it can still attack and block. Yeah. So it's going to be, if your other opponents aren't on the same page, right? then it's I, really easy for, for them to get rid of it in that case. It, it, it depends on how broad you're going. Because yeah. Darksteel Mutation is the best Dark overall. Darksteel Mutation hey, is kind of nuts. this sticks it's around. It's indestructible. Yeah, it's 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 staying right. It's the best of that. However, this is really, really good. This is really, really high on that list as far as I I think we're both concerned. And it's one mana. Right. Think about how much value in a creature, a commander, somebody's enormous commander. You can just lock down with one mana and now they have to start cutting deals with the other opponents, like, hey, oh my god, can I please attack into you? And you block it, and they're like, I don't know. Like, this adds so much for so little mana. It's it's good. I, I like any time you can have a one mana common that it's like, hey, the this can go in just this can go in just about every blue deck yeah. without too much of a problem in this in this format. Hey, commanders are cool. You know what's really cool? Turning them into legitimate business legitimate business person. Legitimate business um, people. All right, Mike, what's your favorite blue card from this list here? I mean, here's the thing. It hurts me not to say witness protection. But it's an offer you can't refuse. It's an offer you can't refuse. It's it's it's, it's, it's yeah. It's uncommon it's, swan song. It's probably the best counterspell in our wheelhouse. In our I mean, wheelhouse. We've, we've sure. gotten we've gotten this. Got Swan Song, we got Arcane, Arcane Denial, Denial, and maybe yeah. one or two more. I can't recall. Yeah, but this There's is few, arguably the best one. Uh, it's it's very good. Witness uh, strong, strong case yeah. for witness protection. Yeah. But uh, no, uh, that an offer you can't refuse is a card where like I will if it does go up in price, 
that will be a card where I will I will buy extra packs just hoping to hit that uncommon. <laughs> if that's what it turns into. Because I will legitimately look through all the cards anytime I get a pack. To see if you get this. But I'll be seeing if I get this. And then eventually I'll be like, all right, so yeah. what was the rare that I this got? Is you know what I mean? immediately one of the best counter spells in any political deck. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, let's move on to black here. Yeah. Um, Ooh, Bellowing Mauler. So four generic and a black for a 4-6 Ogre Warrior. At the beginning of your end step, each player loses four life unless they sacrifice a non-token creature. This is so, a group slug stacks effect. Not not only that, very big fan of it specifically saying non-token creature. Oh, yeah. Because those effects where it's everybody sacrifice a creature. All right, great. Well, I have token player doesn't soldiers. care. Yeah. This is, this is cool. And... I don't like it when it's a, hey, sacrifice this creature or discard your hand or, you know, yeah, like insane stuff for life. Yeah. OK, I can live with that, you know, and overall, it, it's a this is just pretty good. It's, it's a interesting pretty good card. This is a rare and it's five mana. It it feels like an uncommon. Well, here's my question. OK, yeah. If this is on the battlefield and you're playing it, uh, so you play this at your end step. This is a 4-6, or, you know, not at your end step, but second main, yeah. play it. It it's either has to be removed by somebody who, you know, if we're dealing with low life or if you're in a life gain, life loss, caring about that deck. Mm -hmm. it I feel like this goes in enough directions and it is a big enough body on its own that I can justify it in a few decks. Right. And normally if I can justify something that's got a bunch of words on it or at least a bunch of potential effects or a bunch of places it can go, I'm fine with that as a as It's a really important that this is on the end step, right? Because I think that if yeah. this was on upkeep and it was If this was upkeep, black, I, I, I wouldn't like it, it at all. No. Yeah. It's, no. it's It'll just draw removal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the idea of somebody having to counter this... That's a big gives oof. me a lot of joy. Yeah. That gives me a lot of joy. You we know love what I mean? cards that are right in there. They're powerful, but they're mm -hmm. not powerful enough that somebody who's countering it is like, yeah, absolutely. This is where my counter spell goes. That's where my spot removal is going. I'm wiping I, the board because of this card. If they do on. that, yeah, they feel bad. I, I know why this is. I know why this is a rare. Why? At the beginning of your end step, each player. Yes. Not opponent. Yes. So if you need a sacrifice outlet, if you want to put stuff into your bin, yeah. this is already going to feed in something that you're doing, and it's going to be able right. to give Absolutely. an effect that's for other true. people. It, that's Aristocrats decks uh, love this. Yeah, yeah, this is okay. Okay. I feel a little bit better about it. I, I was I was kind of going to bat and trying my best, but you know what? Uh, reading it again with each player. I mean, Mike, you can be honest about these cards. Oh, yeah. No, but I did like it. Like, I, yeah. I did like it, and I was like, you know what? Yeah. Five mana for a four six with conditional stuff. Eh, we'll see. But uh, each player. Oh, each player. Well, now it's it's more adaptable than I thought it was. Cool. Good job, Bellowing Here's an Baller. Interesting Bar. one. Uh, incriminate. It's one in a black. This is a common mm -hmm. sorcery. Choose two target creatures controlled by the same player. That player sacrifices one of them. Love it. They're making interesting decisions. Now you have to make. Them 
have to make a decision, right? If right. you just choose like, oh, here's your best thing and your second best thing, obviously they're going to sacrifice the second best thing. You sure. need to make this something where they're like deliberating. Unless you just Maybe. don't care. Maybe. I also like the idea of because it's a sacrifice and this is it's, only it's two mana. Yep. Yeah. If, if, if I've got another targeted removal, great. I, I'm, I'm going to hope that I get rid of the thing that is more difficult for me to get rid of. If not, it's a two mana spell that I made them sacrifice and I'm going to hold on to my other targeted removal. You know, it's, I feel like the, the, the floor on this card is very, very, very high. You know, maybe the ceiling isn't too crazy because you still have to have two respective targets on the same player. Yeah. I mean, it is and one of them for, can't be too obvious. One creature, right? But the right. fact that it's a sacrifice effect kind of elevates it a little. I, I dig it. Yeah. I, I it, it's not it's not amazing, but it is pretty it, good. It makes players make interesting choices. And that's one thing that yep. we do care about here. Yep. Uh, good job. Incriminate. Yay, yay for interesting comments. That's that's always a good benefit. Uh, lethal Scheme. Two, black, black for an instant with Convoke. Your creatures can help cast the spell. Each creature you tap while casting the spell pays for one or one mana of that creature's color. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. Each creature that Convoked Lethal Scheme connives. Now, this is the first time we're talking about connive. Mm -hmm. Uh so connive is draw a card, then discard a card. If you discard a non-land card this way, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. This is an interesting effect. Yeah. I think that what has to be said, right, is the basic value for the basic effect that you're running this for, which is destroy target creature, planeswalker, instant speed. However... Mm -hmm. We have significant upside on that. Number one, if you have four creatures, two of which are black at least, you cast yep. this for zero and tap four creatures, yep. which is really good, first of all. And even if yep. you can get a discount down to uh, two or one. Call it two. Yeah. 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 So if you have if you have a couple of creatures lying around in your black deck, uh, this is going to be super cheap. We love that. And... Then we have another upside. We have each of those creatures that convoke knives, um, which is interesting because usually when you convoke, you want to convoke with your tokens, your low-value creatures. You're tapping mm -hmm. them down. That means you don't get to use their activated abilities. You don't get to attack or block with them. Um, but this encourages you, Mike, to maybe choose some of your better creatures to convoke with so they can get a plus one, plus one counter. Sure. And you're also it, uh, looting. Yeah, I was going to say the looting is the thing that yeah. I get excited about. Because yeah. I I see this again in another, you know, in a token deck or something, something where it's like, hey, I'm going to have a good amount of creatures over here and I'm going to use them to do other stuff than I normally would with just regular creatures. Um, but it doesn't have to lean that way, yeah. which is the cool part, you know? You definitely want to care about plus one, plus one counters to run this card, I think. I, I could see that. I, I could see that being the big benefit. But at the same time, I just even being a being in black and being able to draw and discard yeah. to cast a spell at reduced cost because you're using creatures to do it. 
I, I, in almost every one of my black decks, I like having stuff in my bin. You know where this? I like having stuff in the graveyard. I dig this. Really effective is if you're in a black uh, tax or stacks deck where you're making everything cost a lot more mana. And now, even though this costs like maybe now it costs six mana. Sure. For you. That's, that's just tap down some more creatures, <laughs> and that's getting more value off of the spell because now you connive mm-hmm. more. You get more plus one, plus one token or uh, counters. Like with, mm-hmm. a, with a tax effect, this card becomes better. Mm-hmm. I do dig it. It's, it's, it's interesting. It, it, you'll never – this will never be a spell that you're ever going to want to pay for for. Ever. No, ever, never. But that's Convoked, um, right? Convoked yeah. spells typically are overcosted because creatures pay for them. It's a good. It's a good. I love convoke. It's one of my favorite mechanics. It is a good one. Um, let's let's talk yeah. about our next one here. Why don't you make an example for uh, me? Sure. Make an example is three and a black, four mana for a sorcery. This is great. Each opponent separates the creatures they control into two piles. For each opponent, you choose one of their piles. Each opponent sacrifices the creatures in their chosen pile, and of course, piles can be empty. This is definitely not the first time we've seen this effect, but we still love to see it, right? We love making our opponents make difficult and interesting decisions because this is absolutely a slug and or stacks card, right? It's part of a board wipe, but your opponents are doing part of the decision-making and you're doing part of the decision-making, right? They're trying to construct piles in a way that makes it difficult for you, that you don't take too much value from them. You're trying mm-hmm. to force them to make that decision, and they're trying to force a decision on you where you'll give them a favorable pile. Um, you could also cut a deal with them such that they can put them all in one pile and then an empty pile, and you uh, choose the empty pile for them because you cut some kind of deal beforehand. I love right. this kind of effect, Mike. It's a four-mana... It's so good. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel like this is one that is slept on because, worst case scenario, you're gonna have the ability to get rid of everyone's best thing, right? Because it's sacrifice again. It is. It's indestructible. Leaning into sacrifice yeah. instead of destroy yeah. is very, very cool. And four mana for that effect, pretty solid. You know. Yeah. I, I guess like. For as much as we're talking about how uh, tokens and everything, you know, maybe this one doesn't matter as much for those. But other than that, this this is always going to be pretty good on something. And your board is fine. Right. I think that when when you cast this, your opponents immediately begin thinking, okay, what's the best pile I can make? that the caster of this won't choose. Right. Like, there's interesting decisions are happening here. That's what I love about this game. But it... Okay. The one thing that I can find an issue with this card... Yeah. ...is if we are using it the way that you and I would prefer to, where we're going to We cut a deal and it's an empty pile. Man, it's going to be a really long... That spell is going to take a while to resolve. It is. How do you mean? Because you're going to cast it. You're going to make a conversation about it. You're going to get everybody to separate their cards into their piles. Then you're going to get those piles. Then you're going to decide on it. Then they're going to sacrifice it and resolve all the stuff from those things dying. 
So it's a very cool card. You're right. It does it take might a lot be of resolve, a, but it it might be a card where it's a six minute turn yeah, <laughs> or a I mean, six minute spell. It's, but it's, it's still warping very good. the entire game, right? Like yeah. your decisions are being made that will determine who is out front when the spell resolves. So I think that's uh, okay. I, this is the I kind of effect it, I love. Oh, I, I really like it. It's just like, again, my biggest problem with it is it's powerful enough to take the t- a lot of time. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about Swindler's Scheme, which is, hey, by the way, anytime somebody casts a spell, we're going to have to do some things. So right. <laughs> make an example is pretty good. I want to talk about uh, a card that I'm extremely excited about. Okay. Really? Yeah, because I think okay. I think that you're also excited about this. Maybe not. We'll see. I I, I think we're excited for two different reasons. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and hit me with protection. Right. Protection racket. racket. Oh my gosh. Uh, two and a black. It's three mana. Yeah. For an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep, repeat the following process in turn order. So for each player, you'll do this whole thing. Reveal the top card of your library. That player may pay life. Uh, Scryfall says pay pay life. It's made in life uh, equal to the card's <laughs> mana value. If they do, exile that card. Otherwise, put it into your hand. So at the beginning of your upkeep for each opponent, you'll reveal the top card of your library. That player yeah. will choose uh, whether or not they'll pay X life or X is that card's mana value. If they do, it's exiled. If not, you put it into your hand. You draw it. Um, yeah. Couple things. First one is obviously lands. They get exiled for zero. Yeah. Zero life. Um, second thing is that this probably isn't the best for a fragile combo focus deck that no. needs specific pieces to win. <laughs> no. Because if a player exiles that piece, then you might not be able to win. So this is right. a lot better in a deck with a more generic win con, maybe like combat or mill, mm. something that churns value over time to win and doesn't need any particular one card to do it. Um, but the third thing is that in some decks, it doesn't even matter which one they pick. For example, in Belbay, which is a deck that I made last year, uh, yeah. it doesn't matter if they pay the life or if they let me draw the card. I'll take the card draw, and I'll also take them losing life because then that's mana. And that's not the only deck that works like that, Mike. Talk to me. So here's what the thing. Yeah. Um, I like this card as an idea. And... I, I like the the principle of giving somebody I, I like I like giving my opponents choices right and games within the game you know it's it's the fun interaction stuff and then there were so many downsides for me on this mm. card as far as the hey if if I'm if I'm playing I'm trying to play a lot of value yeah. right in, in my black decks I don't want to exile stuff. I don't want to go through my life. I don't want, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a combo player, so I'm not worried about that so much. But it was, oh man, like, you know, if they're going to pay life for it, that means they're probably getting rid of something really cool, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought about it, and I I, kind of, I'm not really big on this card. I think the higher your average CMC, the better this card becomes. Well, and then I thought about this in Vivictus. Yeah. And I went, oh. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. And then I thought about it in the Thantis deck that I just made. Yeah. And I was, oh, that would be How pretty many cool. What decks do you have? Well, those two. Okay. <laughs> um, but then I also thought about it in a, uh, I, I have a, uh, Lieza, the, the first one 
uh-huh. the the uh, spells ca- uh, spells cast uh, make opponents lose or make everybody lose two life when yeah. they cast a spell. I went, oh, that would actually be pretty interesting. This, is this just, one, it's value, but it also makes your deck more fair, which is really yeah. interesting dynamic a lot of people look at this for like oh that's suboptimal because it's removing my pieces from my deck they're going into exile i can't get them right Um, but if you think about it as number one your opponents can veto cards out of your deck if they think they're too strong and number two to do that they have to lose life which is value that you can take advantage of i if not for the land part of it yeah the land part hurts but I, i if not for that, I'd be totally into it. Some decks you know I mean? don't care about that. For example, Belbe doesn't need a bunch of lands. If the sure. player pays the life, that even if a land got exiled earlier, I still get mana. And that's and that's where I, I got to with this card eventually. It I think this is a really cool card in the places where it works really, really yeah, well. It's not for everyone. I would Yeah, I'm not gonna run this in my Marin deck. However, in my Vivictus deck? Yeah. Absolutely. And and that just, hey, look at the top card. The cool. interesting Here thing about this card is how many people are discussing and arguing about it. No one can decide whether it's good or bad. Yeah. I, and I think the answer is, well, what it are depends. you playing with? Right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I, was, I wasn't super thrilled about this card to begin with. And then I warmed up to it. And then even in this conversation, I, I, I warmed up to it even. I'm warm on this card. I, it's a good card. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of being warm on cards, uh, that's what we've got for black. What is your favorite card in here? That's a good question. I think I'm that, pretty happy with make an example. I think protection racket or make an example. Yeah. I protection racket. It, I wouldn't put it in everything, but in the cards where, yeah. in the decks where I do put it in there, I think I really like it. I can put make an example in just about any black deck and feel now really the good, one though. the card that I want to compare protection racket to is a uh, a stacks piece or a slug piece and I've sure I realized that slug and stacks are not the same but they do have some overlap no but um, they do the card that I thought of when I saw that card was a Zer's weirding which is three and oh, blue for okay. an enchantment it's four mana players play with their hands revealed so it's a lot mm-hmm. of the effect. If a player would draw a card, they reveal it instead, and then any other player may pay two life. If a player does, put that card into its owner's graveyard. Otherwise, that player draws a card. Now, there are definitely similarities and differences here. The similarity is that players can veto cards from being drawn. The difference is that the amount of information is less. Number one, this is not happening on every single draw, so the Mm -hmm. amount of time that is going to get sucked away by the card is a lot higher for Zer's Weirding than it is for uh, for Protection Racket. And number two is that you get a lot more value out of Protection Racket than you do for Zer's Weirding. Zer's Weirding's main effect is to grind the game to an absolute halt and make everybody start taking snaps and bites at each other and eventually just go for each other's throats and veto every single card until they can't pay life anymore. Right. Uh, Protection Racket is a much more one-sided card that, yeah. again, is is a lot less about locking somebody out and a lot more about uh, seeing what can happen when you allow your opponents to make those vetoes 
or right. allow you to draw a card or what have you. I think that they're similar, but they're different. What do you think about that? I mean, Protection Racket is fair. Yeah. that That's where I would go it's with fair. it. Like, Protection Racket is fair. It is a fair card. It's three mana for an enchantment that says that my upkeep, so it has to come back, but I don't know that this is getting removed unless everybody's life is basically at, like, two. Um, that says, hey, look at this card. Discuss amongst yourselves whether it's worth it for it to be removed by paying life equal to its mana cost. And that's it. They're making those decisions. You know? Yeah, and I'm 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 fine with that. Again, I'm I'm leaning into protection racket. Okay. Uh, there's weird link. So you prefer <laughs> make an example though? Yeah, I think I I think I prefer make an example because I I don't know a deck where I wouldn't want to run it. Yeah, you know the what I mean. Interesting thing about make an example is that if it read, um, each opponent. Or choose a, for each opponent, choose a creature that player sacrifices that creature. It's always mm-hmm. going to do at least that much. If sure. there's one creature that each opponent has that you need to get rid of, you'll get rid of it, even if they keep everything else. But more than likely, you're able to get more than that. I think. I think my new reason for is a card good or is a card worth including is if I compare it to the standard. Yeah. The gold standard of that type of effect in that color. Are there times where I would prefer to cast it instead of the gold standard? Mm-hmm. Toxic Deluge is the gold standard as far as black removal or board wipe cards. As yeah, far this as is I'm not concerned. really in the same. I, I don't know if I would. I mean, it is kind of a board wipe, right? It's very. Similar. But hear me out. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 Toxic Deluge is board wipe. Yeah. This is. It's almost targeted removal without choosing the targets. Kind of, yeah. But I'm never going to be hurt by this. Right. So there are times where I need to wipe, I, I need to get rid of a bunch of stuff. But if I toxic deluge, I'm actually going to be setting myself back a lot. This will never set me back. So I think yeah, I the like The asymmetric it effect enough. is very powerful here. Yep. Yeah. It's very good. Um, okay, cool. Let's move on to red. And I think that's what we're going to finish our... Uh, part one episode with yeah because it'll it'll be more than half the cards however uh when we move on to the multicolored cards those are all the commanders uh, there it's all the commanders and man there's a lot of words a A lot of words so let's let's go ahead and uh do red and start with audacious swap three and a red for an instant casualty two as you cast this spell, you may sacrifice a creature with power two or greater. When you do, copy this spell, and you may choose a new target for the copy. The owner of target non-enchantment permanent shuffles it into their library, then exiles the top card of their library. If it's a land card, they put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, they may cast it without paying its mana cost. It's a new take this on Chaos is, Warp. This is a crazy take on Chaos yeah. Warp. It's pretty great. Because here they are going... To get to do something cool. Yes. Unlike Unless Chaos it's, Warp, where it must be a permanent, and if it's a land, it's blah, and if it's an instant right. sorcery, they're screwed. This right. will always hit something. Yeah. Like, okay. The worst case of uh, anything. Well, and, I mean, heck, maybe, but I'm fine with that. If I'm removing something scary... And it, it turns into a land. Cool. If you're the person this is cast on, 
I guess you just don't want to hit like a counter spell. Like you don't want to hit an instant. Yeah, that way. And go. All right. Nah, okay, that's not very good. You don't want to hit. Yeah, a counter spell or anything that requires interaction. That would right. Suck. But like, but that's better I'll than not what. getting any instance ever. Yeah. This is this is good. Uh, Let's compare this to Chaos Warp because Chaos Warp is it's two in a red, right? And this is three in a red. Mm-hmm. But yep, this one. Also lets you copy the spell if you sacrifice yeah, a creature power to it. Yeah, by sacrificing a power. Yeah. So, chaos warp. Remove a per, you know, shuffle a permanent into the deck. Reveal the top card if it's a permanent and put it into play. Right. Audacious swap. Audacious, shuffle a yeah. non-enchant. Uh, sorry, audacious swap. Sh- uh, shuffle, possibly two, non-enchantment. Permanence, so a little bit more limited on the target. Yeah, that's the other thing. It can't hit enchantments because it's red, right? But uh, and you're definitely getting it. Yeah, Yeah. it can. You you, whatever you reveal, you have the ability to do it. Now, whether or not you have a viable target, uh, um, that's the other thing. Is a cast warp good use case I, I use it this way all the mm-hmm. time i hit my own thing usually it's token and see what i roll uh yeah i think that that's also viable here yeah it's it is good i i like i like audacious swap i also like the fact that if you copy it, it you're, you're casting them separately so then you're shuffling twice so you're not going to reveal the same card on t- like you know if somebody gets yeah. burned on a counter spell on the first one well I guess if they got burned on the counter spell, they could counter the second cut. Whatever. The point is, is that you're not going to get burned twice by the same reveal unless you have really, 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 really bad shuffling luck. So overall, I I like the card. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, shuffling something into an opponent's library. It's Mm -hmm. possible they never see it again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's let's move on to a very exciting card. Uh, Life of the Party. Talk to me about this one, Alex. Yeah, Life of the Party for three and a red. That's four mana for a creature elemental. It's a zero one with first strike trample and haste. Fascinating. Yep. Whenever Life of the Party attacks, it gets plus X plus zero until end of turn, where X is the number of creatures you control. Token decks love it. When Life yep. of the Party enters the battlefield, if it's not a token, each opponent creates a token that's a copy of it. The tokens are goaded for the rest of the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you're going to give <laughs> every a other card. player a X1 where X uh-huh. is the number of creatures they control only when it's attacking. And it has first start trample and haste. And it's goaded. And it's goaded. So it always has to attack if it can. And it always has to attack someone other than you if it can. Yep. Um. I mean, this just goes in every Force Combat deck ever, I think. It, it, this is a dumb card. Yeah. I like it a lot. Very fun. Here, here's the thing. You, you, you said earlier, like, token decks love this. Like, you know what? They do. But I love other people's token decks. I love it. Yeah, other, other people's token <laughs> decks love this. Exactly. Like, like I'm, I'm not going to put this into every token deck that I make, but you 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 keyed on it. Forced combat. Yeah. I definitely want to put this into Thantis. Oh, I yeah. think that's hilarious. You know what? Here, everybody everybody have a this. 
It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. Life of the party. It's adorable. It's awesome. It's, it's right of the raging storm, but interesting even more. Which is funny. <laughs> it's, it, like life of the party, it's literally the elemental essence of a party in yeah. a being. It's very yeah. very silly. Got the coins. Yeah. Got all the swirls. That they're just having a fun good card. Time. I I am almost a little disappointed that the text there is as much card text as there is because I really would like to know what the flavor text for Life of the Party would be. Yeah, as an O one elemental that gets bigger the more people there are. But yeah, it's a cool card. Yeah, even the uh, uh, the extended border without the reminder text yeah. doesn't doesn't have it. Right. Uh, let's talk about seize the spotlight right. here. Two and a red for a sorcery. Each opponent chooses fame or fortune. We love those we words. We love this effect. Each opponent chooses. Each player votes. All of that. Yeah. Great. Um, each opponent chooses fame or fortune. For each player who chose fame, gain control of a creature that player or player controls until end of turn. Untap those creatures, and they gain haste until end of turn. For each player who chose fortune, you draw a card and create a treasure, treasure token. This is a cool card. I'm a fan. If if as long as you're playing this into a board yeah. where everybody has a You creature, cast this into a full board, yeah. This is great. I like it. Uh because at that point I mean, heck, uh, cast it, pay for it, get the treasures back to pay for it and draw three cards. Awesome. Grab a creature that is a problem and Attack in with it and sacrifice. Yeah, and then sacrifice it. Yeah, seize, exactly. Seize the spotlight is a very good card. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm a big fan of. Uh, I'm a big fan of anything where I see the card and immediately go, "Oh, this is going into this deck." Brian loves this card. Mm, yes, he Brian does. says, "Yes, come here. Uh, give, give me, me some things to throw." At you. There we go. <laughs> I I like the idea of hey. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. cast this spell. I need you to pick uh I need you to pick fortune so I can get the treasure token to pay for Brian to throw this creature at this guy. <laughs> it's really funny, like you do it on Brian, you're just gonna draw three cards and get three treasures because no one's gonna yeah. wanna give you yeah. anything. Yeah. If you have something on board yeah. that would be a problem, yeah. great. Here is then your you just three mana the cost of the spell and netted two. And drew cards. three cards. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, netted two. Yeah. yeah. It's a good card. Yeah, I like, I like this one a lot. Uh, let's talk about an interesting new board wipe structural assault. Yeah. Three red red for a sorcery. Five mana. Destroy all artifacts. Then structural assault deals damage to each creature equal to the number of artifacts that were put into graveyards from the battlefield this turn. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually the go-to for destroy all artifacts would be Vandal Blast. But yep. uh, this makes a really strong case because this is going to hit all artifacts and then potentially destroy then almost all creatures. Yeah. Yeah. So five mana, uh, you know, it's a different breakdown with it being two red yeah. and three mana. But, I mean, five mana to destroy all artifacts. You're hitting your own stuff. That's a little unfortunate side Well, I mean, effect. that's the thing. You use your but, artifacts to pay for it, then cast this, and exactly. then you lose the artifacts, and then you're in right. red, so you probably bring them back. Yeah. So it's, it's a good synergy. The idea of <laughs> destroy all artifacts... Then do all the damage and probably wipe the board after that. Yeah, it's pretty solid. It's uh, yeah, destroy all artifacts and and basically destroy most creatures depending on how many mm-hmm. artifacts you hit. 
Yeah. Um, and that's the interesting thing, right, is that you can figure out which and how many creatures you're going to hit before you cast it simply by virtue of looking at the board. Right. So you can definitely cast this at, a, at an opportune time. Um, usually it's uh, it's white that gets this kind of combined board wipe option. Yeah. That's what, that's actually where I was going to yeah. go because this is this is a it is circumstantial, yeah, right. But I kind of like that for red. As far as a board wipe for red, if it's going to do if it's going to get rid of creatures, I like the idea of it doing damage because yeah. red. If it's going to destroy artifacts, cool. Red, combine them into the same thing. All yeah. right, I'm down for that. Venom- even even as just a it, it, even just as a five mana destroy all artifacts. That's not great, right? But it's not bad by any means. That's the thing, right? Is Vandal Blast? Uh, let's pull it up here. Vandal Blast is a single mana, and it's modal, so you can overload it. Right? Single mana for a sorcery, destroy target artifact you don't control, uh, or you can pay the uh, four and a red, and then mm-hmm. you'll destroy each artifact you don't control. Sorcery speed, right? Um, and then we also have, of course, the red God King of Boardwives, Blasphemous Act. Which is eight and a red for a sorcery deals 13 damage to each creature. Uh, this spell costs one less for each creature on the battlefield. Um, yep. So obviously those cards are very aggressively costed. Vandal uh, Blast is, is asymmetric. But to get those effects, you need two separate cards. Right. I don't think red has too many effects that are going to do specifically destroy all artifacts and then blow up a bunch of creatures. Right. It's. I like it. Yeah. I, it, I, it, it's not a, you know, like, like you said, it's an interesting yeah. take, you know. Um, I don't know if it's going into a ton of different decks for me, but I do like it. Yeah. And, I, you know, that's that's good enough. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it made us talk about it, right? Let's talk about Turf War. I'm excited. Uh, four and a red for an enchantment. When Turf War enters the battlefield for each player... Put a contested counter on target land that player controls. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to a player, if that player controls one or more lands with contested counters on them, that creature's controller gains control of one of those lands of their choice and untaps it. This is interesting. I like this. So what? You want to talk about forced combat. Do you even need to force players to contribute to combat when this is on the field, right? Uh, like, oh, look, there's a guy's cradle, there's a, a Dark Depths, there's Sarah Sanctum. Everybody has one land that's juicy, and you're not destroying sure. it. You're just making it up for grabs. Right. Interesting I, I, I'm finding out something about myself, and that is I love cards that punish people who don't play creatures. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I... I maybe it's just like the the kid in me learning magic and combat is so cool and make big creatures that are terrible but it's fun because swing these big things battle cruisery stuff. Man, I, I the second that somebody says storm count one, I usually get like really uncomfortable <laughs> for the kind of thing that's going to happen. So the idea of hey, I hope you've got something to attack with. Here you go, turf war. We're going to be exchanging some lands. Yeah, let's go even the idea of like hey i'm gonna put this on mine i'm gonna hit you with a one one to gain the extra land yeah 
you can take it back on the next turn. We'll just keep swapping some lands. Back I mean, that's the other interesting thing, right? Is that uh, the trigger is whenever a creature deals combat damage to a player. So if you deal combat damage to the same player with three creatures, you'll gain control of three contested lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that this is another one that would be really nice to start copying and or blinking. Yeah, because it doesn't care about. Which turf war it is, it just cares about yeah. contested counters. Yep. I, I, I do like the blink turf war. And, it, and then it, it, by the way, yeah. the the amount of humor that they've put into this set as far as like, no, this is exactly what this is. Right. And this is exactly how it'll work. This is a turf war. If you hit somebody, yeah, you take their land. You get to take yeah. their turf. This, this is great. This reminds me of uh, Coveted Jewel. Yeah. 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 I dig that. Um, turf war is a. Very cool card. Uh, let's move on to what I never thought I would ever say before. A fair Praetor. Let's look at the cool Praetor. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fun card. Heretic Praetor. Three Rivred, five mana. For a legendary yep. creature, five Rexian Praetor. So uh-huh. four, four with haste. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, the next time they would draw a card this turn, instead they exile the top card of their library they may play it this turn. This forcibly turns every player's normal card draw on their draw step into impulse draw. This changes everybody's play style forcibly. You aren't just getting a card each turn. You must use that card this turn or you lose it. Otherwise, you lose it, and it's in exile. You never see it again. So even though it's a very seemingly minor uh, for a Praetor, obviously, Praetors have these mm-hmm. really impactful effects, uh, although Older Arbresque was probably one of the most fair uh, original Praetors. The other sure. ones, though, Jim uh, Gataxius, so like, these have reputations for being some of the least fair, most oppressive creatures in the whole game. And Mike, this one seems downright fair, but at the same time, you're still poking him right in the shins. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's still a detriment. Don't get me wrong. Exile is a public zone, correct? Uh, yes, yes. If, if the card's face up in exile, which it is by default, then yeah, any player can look at it at any time. So here's the thing: I kind of love this Each too. Reveals that card because yeah. everybody's revealing the the card that they're getting right now. This is better for you, obviously, because, you know, cool. I, you I, get an great. Impulse I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm getting impulse draw. And, you know, it, it's it's extra. Everybody else, hey, here's your card for your draw phase. Ooh, what you get? And then it's, it's almost kind of like this cool, not rattlesnake effect, but it is kind of a cool effect of everybody's going to see it. So let's see what's coming. Let's see what you got. And like doing the puzzle of, is this something that you're going to be able to use this turn or not? And I I dig it. It's it's not the most powerful effect. No. But it's fun. That's the thing, though. Right? And it's not a Praetor. Yeah. I'm down. It is a Praetor. And this is probably just about one of the only Praetors, other than original Urabrask, that you can play mm-hmm. it and the entire table doesn't go like, well... Now we got to kill Mike. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. I'm looking at this and I I feel like I read it several times to make sure that it's not whenever they draw a no, card, it's only exile, the first card you know what I mean? Draw it's only the first on each of their turns. Yeah. Yeah. I I I am a fan of this. I I good job Urbrask. 
it, thanks for not being like the worst or some version of the worst. Okay, so help me out <laughs> here with this Arabesque artwork. Yeah. On this is card. Uh, what's the actual? This is a one twenty nine. If you're looking, because there's four versions. Obviously, there's a lot of versions. sure, sure, sure. But one twenty nine, the standard version. What mm-hmm. in the heck is going? Like what? What part is his head? It looks like he's got some claws here, some wings here, got a tail over there. Like, what is this? Where's okay? Where's Earth? So I think, I think what's happening is okay. We've got the claw up top, uh-huh. and we've got the claw below. Oh, he's right? leaping. He's leaping, oh. and this is like a top down because he's got his neck facing over. Okay, I, so I'm seeing it now, and he's got like this yeah. blade. Almost fused with the flesh of his arm. It looks like almost. Yeah. Oh, it's his axe wrist thing. Yeah. What is that? It's pretty sick. Yeah. It's pretty sick. I dig it. Interesting. Card. Um. Yeah. It, it's cool artwork. Thanks for making something terrifying, but cool. Um. What's your favorite card out of red here? Okay, that's a great question. Yeah. I think audacious swap because I think this card I'm actually going to run. There's sure. a lot of cards in this set that seem tailor-made for my decks. And this one, mm-hmm. I think you know what I'm about to say, uh, Sekuar, the Death yeah. Keeper, um, this is perfect because, number one, it's on theme with you lose something and you gain something. But number two, I can copy the spell by sacrificing something, which is also extremely on theme for him. We love sacrificing in that deck. And this is just a fun and novel form of Chaos Warp, an effect that I love, and I know you love it too. Um, my, my pick is audacious swap. Yeah. I, the other part of, I, I didn't think about before was the idea of targeting your own stuff. Yes. Always, a, pretty fun always a strong swap. option, especially if it's a token and you're behind, you're like, man, I got to get something going. Let's gamble. Let's get rid of this thing. Let's see what I get. I think my heart wants to go turf war, but my brain wants to go seize the spotlight. Seize the spotlight is just going to give you a good amount of yeah. value. Turf War uh, is something that's just going to be nothing. going on. It, it's it's yeah. a world enchantment, right. as far as I'm concerned. It's just cool. Here we go. Let's 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 do some swapsies. Let's do some fun the stuff. The effect is so minor that I wonder if it wouldn't have been okay to uh, say that those creatures have that ability for as long as they have that counter. But as it stands, if you remove Turf War, then uh, nothing happens anymore. Right. No, I I, I dig it. It's it's. It, it's another one of those. It's not so powerful that it bothers me. Right. That's the thing. But right, it someone, adds a cool facet. Someone will swing yeah. in with three unblocked, get three lands, and then blow up turf four. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Um. Good call. The 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 floor for turf four is pretty low. It can't be pretty right. messed up. Um. Okay. Well. Here's the funny thing. That's actually going to do it for part one of our set review. We have here. a whole bunch of other cards. Yeah, we don't have a lot of green because green wasn't super overall friendly to everybody on its own. Yeah, this, I mean, again, this, uh, this, uh, this our time. set reviews are a little different from normal yeah. set reviews. Mike obviously knows that. But for our yep. listeners, the, our set reviews are about the cards that we love, about group hug groups like Stacks, Chaos, Politics. And thank – oh, my gosh. Uh, thank Wizards for this set that has – more political cards yeah than any set in recent memory and and we've had some doozies in the past year or two um i'm really excited for our 
next part of the set review when we're going to be talking about all these awesome political commanders, Mike. Yeah. No, this is uh, – we did more than half of the cards, and I still feel like this is going to be the, the short episode, episode of the I think the next episode might be even longer than this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but in the meantime, uh, in case you're listening to this in two different – uh, breakup times yeah. and you, you're giving yourself a little bit of time in between. Hey, Alex, uh, where can people find you on socials if they have any questions yeah, about any of these cards or anything along those lines? Catch me on uh, Twitter at Lapermedic, L-A-P-P-E-R-M-E-D-I-C. Um, if you saw some of these cards or maybe some other new cap in a cards and you thought, oh my gosh, I can just win the game on the spot, two card, three card, four card, five card combo, whatever ridiculous win con you're thinking mm-hmm. of, uh, we would love to have you. At commanderspellbook.com, where we are indexing all sorts of commander and singleton format combos, and we have plenty of new capital ones that you can check out. Uh, that is my other project that I'm currently shilling for. So yeah, you can catch me on Twitter or Commander Spellbook. There you go. Uh, everybody, if you heard us talk about any of these cards and you want to pick them up because they are... 15 tokens, win the game, uh, exchange lands, or I don't know, what's something else crazy that we talked about? Hmm. Uh, giving somebody treasures so they don't get to Changing cast somebody's their... sword into a fish. Yeah, lots of cool stuff here. Uh, if you want to buy any of those cards, deck boxes, sleeves, etc., you can support us by going to bit.ly slash EDH underscore social. We'll put a link in our show notes. That'll take you to our affiliate link for TCG player. You'll be able to get all the stuff that you wanted to get anyway but you'll be able to help out the show while you do so. Uh, You can also, if you want to be part of the show, uh, go to our Discord link. Join our Discord. Uh, There you're going to be able to see all of us react to the spoilers as they're being revealed, talk about cool decks, how do we turn this deck that I have into a group hug deck, stuff like that. We're interacting with our uh, Discord as much as we possibly can, and uh, it's a good time in there. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like... I'm in a lot of Magic servers, Discord servers. I'm sure people are in at least one Magic community, whether that's on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Discord, Slack, wherever you go to see spoilers. You're probably talking about spoilers, and you're seeing these fun political cards, group hug cards, cards that Mm -hmm. you love in your heart because you know that you can have more people at the table, have more fun, and enjoy the game of EDH. But other people don't share your excitement. Join us. That's what we do. Or or you see somebody talking about those cards and and those reveals, and they say, "Ah, this card's junk." Come but to our Discord so we can help we can help you out with that debate. Yeah. We can help you oh, show tenuous them. Tenuous truce is uh, crap. Oh, my friend, let oh, me tell you how wrong you are. It. You can also go there to talk to our honorable judge Alex. Ask a question uh, if you've got some judge questions. You can also follow us on Twitter at EDH underscore social or email us at the social contract EDH at gmail.com. We'll be back really, really soon with the second half of this 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 set review. Yeah, we're gonna go one. into Yeah, we're gonna go into all of the colors and colorless. So talk to you soon.